So guys, I'm so excited to have the amazing uh, writer, actor, comedian, Stephen D. Snyder. Uh, he's launching a new podcast, a comedy book, and uh, he told me a whole new way of thinking. Uh, and knowing him and following his stuff, it's going to be awesome. And he actually launched How to Be a Miserable Failure, which I love uh, reading it every day because it's freaking hilarious. And uh, I think I've already done a lot of the things that you've said there. Uh, so welcome, Stephen. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I am the co-creator uh, of How to Be a Miserable Failure. And it's the complete guide to destroying your own life. Yeah. So the, the book is the book is launching this year, and then we're going to accompany it with a podcast, um, a feature film script we're working on as well, and possibly a board game and a card game. I love it. This is amazing. So how did you come up with a concept? You know, it's funny. My, my, I, you know, by trade, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 6'6", I weigh 250 pounds. I don't look like a writer. I don't look like a comedian, but I am. And me and my co-author, uh, we have written some scripts together, Brandon W. Montgomery. We were both going through a really hard time back in 2014. We both lost our jobs around the same time. We both lost our women around the same time. And then we started joking we should do a, a, uh, you know, a motivational podcast. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, yeah, instead of motivational, we could explain how people could really screw up their own lives. <laughs> so How to Be a Miserable Failure was born out of a – uh, a spot we were both in, which was really, really hard, but we, nevertheless, we, we got it done. I love it. I love the, the, the motivation, the anti-motivation, so to speak. So um, how did you start like writing and comedy? So I started, I'm actually from Mesa, Arizona, but I grew up in central Illinois and I did some theater work and my background was in communications. I got my bachelor's in communications and hopped around from job to job, gig to gig in the Midwest. And I thought of an idea for a TV show. I'm like, well, I know how to do this. I can teach myself how to do this. This is going to be very, very easy. So what I did was I wrote my first TV series. Then I decided to go get my psychology degree and I became a therapist. And when I was a therapist, I started writing even more and wrote uh, three more TV series. And then I needed an excuse to come out West. And I got enrolled into Loyola Marymount University's film and television production program uh, and got my second master's. And ever since then, I've been doing a lot of acting, writing, and comedy. I don't think you can do a series called How to Be a Miserable Failure with those credentials. I think it doesn't, doesn't work. Line up. Oh, no, no, no. I have made so many mistakes in life, whether it be finances or with women or with friendships or with hygiene or with family relations or how to drive a car. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to put a lot of my experiences on how to be a miserable failure into a book. Mm -hmm. So we cover everything, how to behave around strangers, how to behave at parties, how to fly on a plane properly, how to get fired from a job and always using multiple, multiple levels of excuses. I love it. So you, you have an Instagram, you have a Facebook and you have like a book uh, developing. So how, what is like your writing process? How do you come up with these ideas? 
So uh, it goes back and forth. So if I'm writing with a writing partner, we go back and forth. We always have a planning meeting. I always like to outline everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it easier. So when you're going to write a section in a book or you're going to write a pilot or a TV show or whatever you're going to write or a feature, you want to just outline the skeleton, the bare bones of it. You know, this is what's going to happen here and this is what's going to happen here. And then writing a book is no different. Um, so that's kind of how I start. And then it's really just sitting back and just start throwing wall, uh, ideas off the wall, bouncing ideas off the wall with the, your writing partner. Or if I'm doing it, I'll just sit alone in my study and I will think and just throw them off the wall and talk out loud to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, then I always write everything down because you never know when something's going to stick and when you're going to forget something. So I always write everything down and then you come back to it. And if it's not good, it's not good. If it's great, you'll be glad you wrote it down. Yeah, for sure. And like, uh, I don't know if you want to give away too much, but like, what's your favorite joke from How to Be a Miserable Failure? My favorite joke? Oh, goodness gracious. Um, I know it's all good. It's, yeah, it's, it's like an impossible question. It's like, who's your well, favorite? Okay, I would, yeah, so my favorite is in the, acknowledge, in the acknowledgement section of the book. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. one, it's one sentence, and it's beautiful. It says, this book is dedicated to all the people in our lives who said we never amount to anything, mm-hmm. period, period, period. You were right. And that's probably my favorite part of the whole book. <laughs> in the spirit of the brand. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so, okay. So do you do stand up or like you're more like a writer person behind the scenes? I, I do mostly writing. I do some acting. Uh, stand up is kind of third in my list. Mm-hmm. Um, I have done it, you know, the comedy store, uh, Rick Ronson's house of comedy. Um, I used to do improv for several years as well. And it, it's just a, it's just a nice outlet for me. I actually have probably about 30 or 40 pages of jokes I've written down and I'm actually looking to get him. I'm always in revamping them and I'm always retooling them, but, um, you know, I'm looking to get those going again and I love doing open mics. It's so much fun. Uh, and, it's funny because it depends on the crowd because you'll have the same set one night, which will kill. And then you'll have a different crowd. You'll use the same set and then you get crickets. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's bipolar. And there's no, and you know, this, there's no greater feeling in the world than seeing everybody up there laugh on stage at you, which is great. But the worst feeling is when no one's laughing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's the worst, but that's, that's very interesting. So like, do you remember what your first open mic was like? Oh my gosh. My first open mic. Yes, I did. I, I did a joke where I basically proved that everyone was racist and it it was, it was at a place in Hollywood. I can't remember the place, but I, (laughs) I'll never forget this. I, I, I talked about how if you're going to pick, players in a basket pick up basketball game, <laughs> pick up game you're not going to pick lenny the five foot jew okay you're going to pick him to do your taxes you're going to pick matumbo the seven foot guy from kenya yes. and that i mean people just no one laughed everyone was too scared to laugh why god damn it. i hate Be- like sometimes it's because of these woke comedians and these PC police and they, you know, it, not, now if I would have made fun of white people, which believe me, I make fun of plenty of white people, but if I would have made fun of white people, they would have laughed their asses off. It's kind of sad because I made a chinky cunt joke and nobody laughed either because they were too scared to laugh. And like, I can't really make white people jokes. I'm Asian. So yeah, it's, 
It's annoying. I believe, I believe any race can make fun of any race about any subject at all. I think you can, you can say whatever you want. You can make fun of whoever you want because when we start limiting people, that's not good for anybody. It's not good for comedy. Right. It's not yeah. good for creative outlets. And it's not good for our sense of humor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, um, like, how do you deal with, like, bombing and rejection, all that good stuff? So, I never ask okay so if my wife's going to come with me or i have friends come with me i never ask for their opinion they will give it to me yeah, yeah. but i also know that it'll either be a very constructive criticism opinion which i always appreciate right. Right. or they'll say yeah that went good even though it didn't go good um i judge it all based on how i feel afterwards if i if i leave elated i know i did well if i leave kind of Oh, I messed up that word, or I should have said it this way. That's what I, I, I can almost tell. It's like a sixth sense. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think you've, because you've been doing it for so long that you, you, it's probably like second, second nature to you. Um, okay, so let's switch gears a little bit. Besides yourself and me, if it's even humanly possible, who's the third funniest person in the universe? Who is the third funniest person in the universe? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, that is... You know, I've got to tell you, I got to go with George Carlin. Mm. I got to go with him because he was such a genius mm-hmm. when it comes to modern language and, you know, the words we use and the yeah. things we say. And he was just a, he was a wordsmith. I thought he was, he was a genius and I think he's the funniest. Yeah. And then who's your favorite? Is he your favorite comedian or no? Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, I, I've met Adam Hunter. I've met Louis Black. Um, I've played with a lot of really talented improv actors and comedians that were just extraordinarily funny and very talented. Um, but yeah, you know, look, I, I think at the end of the day, uh, currently I think Bill Burr is the king. I think Bill yes. Burr is amazing. Um, uh, but, you know, look, back in the day, I think comedy has changed. And unfortunately, we don't get the George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, or Richard Pryors anymore. Um, we get Samantha Bee, who's not funny. And who, what do you think that is? Do you think it's because everyone's so scared politically to be correct or like what, what's happening? Yeah, I think she has an agenda. Her agenda is just like all of the late night so-called comedians. You know, Jay Leno was a late night host. Uh, Johnny Carson was a late night host. Even David Letterman was a late night host. The rest of these guys out there now, they're just political. I mean, they're mm-hmm. too political and that's why no one's watching it. They're not funny. And that's why it's, people stopped watching Saturday Night Live. They have to bring back Eddie Murphy to get the good ratings because it's Eddie Murphy. Right. Interesting. Hmm. So, okay. So like, if you rule the comedy world, what would be the first thing you would do? Um, I would have a sign and I would make everybody take an oath, like the mob, you know, when, when they when they make a guy and they they uh, allow him to be in the club, yeah. so to speak, okay. they make him take an oath. And, and the oath would be that you can make a joke about whatever you want. Okay. In my comedy club, you yes. can joke about anything. Hell yeah, I love it. What else would you do in your comedy club? I would have a deep, 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 deep discount on drinks. Okay. And I would also have a, I would have a, a no cover charge. So I'm looking at it like, hey, no cover charge. People are going to come in. I'm looking at like the Walmart, you know, model where they have, you know, a very, very thin margin they're working on, but they're going with volume. That's how I would operate my comedy club. Mm, I see. And like, 
Um, what types of people do you enjoy working with? Because you do TV, you do writing, you do books, like you probably collaborate with a ton of people. Like, what are some, like, uh, I guess, yeah, what makes somebody good to work with to you? Somebody who is fun, somebody who has a good sense of humor, and someone who is malleable, who's not stuck in their ways. I really enjoy working with people like that. Uh, mostly just creative people, people that are going to think outside the box, people that are going to see my vision and my world and either help me edit it or add to it or subtract from it. Um, so I'm just looking really, at, you know, I look at it as a partnership. It's a business. And I look at everything as give and take, uh, quid pro quo, um, negotiation, hey, I want to write it this way, you want to write it this way, okay, well, let's negotiate, let's be lawyers, let's put our lawyer hats on, and that's kind of how I like to work with people. That's great. And uh, before we share social media, so can you tell us, like, how can I maximize my chances of becoming a miserable failure? You can maximize them by listening to the How to Be a Miserable Failure podcast and getting the book. However, um, you really need to take a look at your own life, and you need to think, okay, how can I screw up financially? How can I screw up with my spouse or my lover or my date, my dating scene? How can I screw up my hygiene? Um, how can I screw up my family relations? How can I screw up my friendships? How can I get fired? How can I uh, lose a lot of my possessions? How can I start doing combinations of drugs and alcohol that are going to assuredly lead to my destruction? So that's kind of where you got to start. Um, and in our book, we actually give a, a good example. We give a pairing where we, like a fine wine paired with the cheese, we give a drug paired with an alcohol, and then we talk about the effects that that should have on the miserable failure. I love it already. So tell us how can we, uh, what's a, when is a book out? When's a podcast out? How can we stalk you on social media? All that good stuff. Absolutely. You can just type in how to be a miserable failure in the search engine of your browser and it'll pop up on our page, which is there. The logo's up there and it's coming soon. Um, the podcast is launching in January. Yeah, I mean, it is January. I'll probably release in January. Hello? Oh no, we lost him. Okay, people, uh, just type uh, how to be a miserable failure. And uh, Steve was amazing, uh, but I guess audio was shit today. Uh, but check out how to be a miserable failure, guys. Uh, and uh, he did so many detailed stuff. I'm sure you'll be able to accomplish some. All right, thanks. Talk to everyone soon.